Welcome to America's Retirement Headquarters, home of the Retirement Guys Formula and America's Medicare Associates. Securities offered through Peak Brokerage Services, LLC. Advisory services offered through the Retirement Guys Formula. Registered Investment Advisor, America's Retirement Headquarters, America's Medicare Associates, and the Retirement Guys Formula are separate and independent entities from Peak Brokerage Services, LLC. great day today. We appreciate you spending part of it with us here on America's Retirement Headquarters, home of the Retirement Guys Formula and America's Medicare Associates with Nolan Baker and Scott Kirshner. My name is Chris Swan. Like I said, really do appreciate you joining us today. Here's how you reach out. 419-794-3030. That's the phone number. 419-794-3030. If you prefer online, always available day and night, America's Retirement Headquarters.com. On today's show, President Biden has signed the Inflation Reduction Act. We're going to talk about what you should do to, uh, what actions you should take to reduce your taxes. We're going to tell you what Kathy Wood has to say about a recession. What can retirees learn from the NFL now that the football season is right around the corner? All this and more. But first, uh, gotta gotta put a little quick caveat out there. Nolan and Scott are traveling, and so this week we've got Chaz Price and Jeremy Baker, no relation, joining us. So, guys, thanks for coming back on the show. How's it going? Hey, Chris. I'm doing good. Uh, it's good to be back on the show. Um, good to be in the driver's seat, per se, I guess. Most <laughs> times I'm um, kind of in the sidecar with these guys. Or, But uh, yeah, it's going well. Um, you know, enjoyed uh, some golf with some family. We've got some birthdays uh, this past week. And also, we were talking before the show, the back to school mm-hmm. rush there, just making sure all we got all the bags and all the supplies and then just get them out the door and hope for the best, I guess. Yeah, Chris, thanks for the introduction. Glad to be back. Like Chaz said, we have, uh, I think, two passengers today. So I think we'll uh, have a good good show, good time. No, I think I think we'll be fine. And, uh, you know, Chaz, we were talking before the show started, both you and I have seen monarch butterflies in the past couple weeks, and I didn't realize that that is kind of a harbinger of fall. So that's something to look forward to, maybe cooler weather. Uh, it ties in with back to school. It ties in with football season, which, like I said, we're going to talk about a little later on in the show. But I'm certainly with, uh, ready for the, the colder weather. I would, I would much rather do layers. I say this, and people are going to probably call me out on it come wintertime when it's, we get you know mm-hmm. 12 plus inches of snow. So I apologize for that in advance, but uh, I'm, I'm ready for the <laughs> summer to be over. But uh, we're not here mm-hmm. to talk about weather and, and, and chit-chat about that. Your job here, guys, is to help people not run out of money during retirement. That is the goal, help them retire and stay retired. But NerdWallet says there are some retirees who actually worry too much, almost to the point of depriving themselves completely and not spending anything. So how do you help clients find that sweet spot between feeling financially secure and and still being able to enjoy that happy, fulfilling retirement they've dreamed of? Yeah, that's so interesting, Chris, because I actually had a client just this morning with a similar dilemma. Um, And just having having been doing this for 20 plus years, I could tell off the uh, the top that he was going to be okay. He and his wife are going to be fine, primarily because they had a very high percentage of their income in uh, guaranteed pensions and Social Security. And so, um, you know, just going through the analysis, you know, he, I could see he was a little nervous. He was hesitant to actually put any additional goals into his financial plan and just really wanted to stick to the minimums. But after, you know, kind of letting him know our philosophy with investments and your, uh, your income streams, we, we want your risk in your, inv- in your investments and your assets, not in your income. Once he finally understood that, then he, you know, got a lot more comfortable. But generally speaking, that 
I think that rule of thumb, that uh, sustainable withdrawal rate that most people usually land on is around 3 to 4%. I mm-hmm. think in the analysis we looked at Morningstar said, what, 3.6%, something like that? Yes. Um, so I'm generally not a fan of rules of thumb. Um, generally, you know, we use those as a benchmark. Sure. And I, I use the analogy of two families, the should-bees and the will-bees. Kind of sounds like a Dr. Seuss book, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. The should-bees and the will-bees. But actually, the should-bees, um, I describe as folks when they come in and I ask them what their retirement plan is going to look like, what's their retirement income plan, and they say something to the effect of, well, if the market does 6% and we take out 4%, we should be okay. And so I can't argue that math. It makes sense. But what happens if the market doesn't give you everything that you ask of it? What if it doesn't give you the 6%? Mm -hmm. And so we like to talk about getting folks from being should-bes to will-bes. And what a will-be is that you know, whatever happens, we can't control the market and we can't control some of these things, these variables in our retirement plan, like longevity and inflation, uh, but we have a plan for it. And so getting from should-bes to will-bes is essentially a financial plan where instead of assuming, you know, a, a withdrawal rate of, let's say, 4% overall on your, on your investment assets, we use what's called our independent income system where we essentially bucket uh, the dollars that you are going to need uh, over a period of time. Let's say we we bucket the first five years of the cash flows that we expect you to need. And then as you know, time progresses and then we bucket the next five to 10 in, a, in another bucket. And each one of those buckets is invested according to how long and when you're going to need the money. So the sooner you need the money, the more conservative the investment strategy is. And then the further away from those dollars that you, you know, the time frame that you're going to need them, we can be a little bit more aggressive. Mm-hmm. Generally speaking, it does come down to, a, you know, the general conservative moderate asset allocation. It's very similar to modern theory, but it's just, it's more so we talk about it. I know I've talked about it in the past. It's not so much, you know, uh, the numbers at the end of the day, it's the process that we use to try to understand how we got to where we are supposed to be. So, right. Yeah. That independent income system is very important. Like Chaz mentioned, identifying different buckets of money and then identifying how you're going to give yourself a pay raise. When we look at, you know, some of the things we protect and plan against, we look at uh, longevity. People are living much longer now, Mm -hmm. which means a dollar today isn't going to be what a dollar tomorrow is worth. So then you're looking at uh, how do we give ourselves a pay raise and that you know, comes with the longer term buckets and then transferring money from the shorter term to the immediate term. We also like to protect against inflation, which Social Security has its cost of a living adjustments, but things things cost a bit more. And we talked about the Inflation Reduction Act, which essentially is probably going to cause a little bit more inflation and have some impact on our taxes, which is another thing we plan for as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. It's going to seem counterintuitive. Let me make sure I'm hearing you correctly here. So you're saying if you know that you've got, you know, your your expenses, your, your traditional expenses, whether it be a, a bank note or your utilities, things like that, if that is covered uh, for 
the foreseeable future for the next you know five years or so, if you know that you've got income coming in for that, you can afford to think about your rest of your portfolio like a younger investor because it's got time to withstand the ups and downs of the market to grow with the market. But also, if there is a little bit of, of volatility in there, it's not going to jeopardize your your current financial situation. Is that what you guys are saying? Yeah, I think so. I, I think essentially you, you nailed it on the head there where we like to see your guaranteed source of expense covered with guaranteed source or reliable sources of income. Mm-hmm. So reliable sources of income, we would say would be Social Security, uh, pensions, if you still have one, which very few people do have a pension today. I think the number uh, that I've seen is about 8% of the population have pensions, oh, wow. whereas back in the 1980s, it was around 30 to 40. Mm-hmm. So that retirement conversation looks a lot different for folks we're talking to today as opposed to maybe their parents and grandparents. So it, it sometimes does become a little bit more challenging to make sure that they have a certain amount of guaranteed income that's covering their expenses, because then we can say confidently that, again, no matter what happens, you still are going to be able to have the bills paid, the lights on, food on the table, clothes on your back. I mean, I know sometimes that uh, doesn't sound like the most um, exciting retirement, just making sure that we don't lose the game, kind of like in football. You know, it's like not uh, playing to win. Maybe sometimes it's just as good to try to play not to lose because the end of the day we just can't lose the game you can't run out of money that has a that, to cover your basic source of expense now for some of the travels the the hobby the the wants and the wishes uh maybe that money can be your market money we can dedicate some of your variable assets okay. to those expenses so the conversation might look like hey the market's down in the first half of the year already 20 percent. maybe we shouldn't plan on that uh, vacation, you know, but just know that when the market's up, we're going to definitely, you know, make sure that you're going on that vacation, that you're going to be able to travel the way you want. Uh, and dividends also, we didn't talk about that, but uh, dividends or the, the return that you get from a stock um, that is not based on the value of the stock. A lot of people don't know that, but the, the dividend is based on how many shares you own. It's a per share basis versus uh, interest, let's say, on a CD or savings account. That's based on how much money you put in. So in developing your retirement income plan, we actually use uh, a strategy that includes a high uh, dividend paying uh, or oriented approach to it so that as the market comes down, if it comes down and as the value of your stocks go down, your income doesn't change. It doesn't change your golf schedule. It doesn't change your um, your travel arrangements because you still got the, the safety and the reliability of companies that uh, are of, let's say, everyday demand mm-hmm. that are you know going to continue to make hamburgers uh, just the same as if it was a recession or if we're in a, a booming economy and you know soft drinks and food and cleaning products that we're going to use regardless of what's going on in the world so you can if we have a, a sufficient enough dividend to cover and let's say that dividend is four or five percent now we truly are able to withdraw um, comfortably and to spend those dividends uh, without stress or um, without guilt, really. I hear a lot of, I think it's really just guilt. People don't want to spend, right. afraid. And to compound that, if you're taking out even a safe withdrawal rate, and then if you're if a lot of your risk is tied to the market, 
and let's say you pull out 4% and the market's down 10, 15, or 20, then that compounds what you just lost. Mm -hmm. And it's a little bit tougher to make that back unless mm -hmm. you have a solid strategy in play that doesn't take your everyday needs into consideration. Mm -hmm. You find yourself really trying to dig out of the hole that you're in, and, and that can be a, a difficult challenge. You know, it's all about changing yourself from the, the should-bes to the will-bes, and, and having a proper plan in place goes a long way towards doing that because, as Chaz and Jeremy have said here, you know, we can't control what the markets are going to do. We can't control what the inflation rate is. We can't control what the tax rate's going to be. Sure, it would be nice, obviously, but uh, we can make sure that we are set up properly to know that there are going to be market fluctuations. Inflation is going to go up and down. Tax is almost certainly going to go up. And to prepare ourselves for that ahead of time, start developing that strategy with the team at America's Retirement Headquarters can go a long way to uh, turning yourself from the should-bes into the will-bes and addressing that number one fear among retirees and pre-retirees as outliving your money, being able to know that you can relax a little bit and do the things that you've dreamed about doing. It all starts with a phone call, setting up a time to speak with them and start putting a plan in place. 419-794-3030 is the phone number. Again, that's 419-794-3030 or go online to americasretirementheadquarters.com. We put the cart before the horse here and made a couple of football analogies ahead of time. Let's go ahead and jump into it, guys, here, because the new college football season is getting ready to kick off. And my alma mater, got to put that out there, and the defending national champion, Georgia Bulldogs, set to renovate their home, Sanford Stadium, to the tune of $68 million. The upgrades are going to include new bathrooms, which are probably much needed, uh, wider concourses, and more concessions. So that's the, uh, the upgrades that they're looking to do. When you guys look at a retirement portfolio, what upgrades do you find that clients really need the most? First of all, let me just say I'm happy to see college football back. Mm -hmm. um, be being here in Toledo near the Ohio-Michigan border, I'm actually wearing some Buckeye colors today, even though I'm uh, by birth a Michigan fan <laughs> and also a Florida Gator fan, which may, may or may not impress you, Chris, but I'm sure I'm okay there's with some it. it's, rivalry there. It's a there. friendly rivalry, yeah. Right. The world's largest outdoor cocktail party That's is right. uh, definitely a scene to behold. I've forgotten many a but, thing at that, that party. <laughs> That's neither here nor there. I'm sure. And some of the things we're talking about as far as upgrading your portfolio, you know, Chaz mentioned he had a number of years of experience in the business. And I started way back in December of 1999, which was just before the March of 2000, basically tech crash or mm -hmm. stock market crash. Um, some of the things I look at back then and even, you know, we talked a little bit about pensions earlier and pensions are kind of a thing of the past. Um, what people looked for in the 1950s was having that guaranteed income. People loved it. And then with the advent of 401ks, people thought, oh, my goodness, I can do this all on my own because I know the stock market. Because in the 90s, you could throw a dart at the Wall Street Journal and make 20, 30 percent. So then the 401ks were kind of the thing, the thing to go to. And. You know, from that too, back then it was mutual funds were all the rage, and now you see the advent of ETFs. And I I have kind of an analogy I use with folks, which I even need to update my own analogies, uh, you know, as we talk about upgrading our portfolios. Mm -hmm. I used to tell people, you know, it's my job to make sure that your guaranteed income comes in, so all you have to do is make it to the mailbox, <laughs> you know, to get that check. Yep. And it's like, you know, that's sort of a thing of the past as well. You know, now I guess I could say oh, you just have to, you know, download download your app and make sure that the check's in your bank account. Mm -hmm. But there are some different products, some different investment vehicles that definitely 
are kind of things of the past and we there's definitely some things we like to look at to upgrade your portfolio and you know that modern technology we have a program that we use called riskalyze which takes a, kind of a snapshot photo of your portfolio how it's invested and it gives you a risk score um, based yeah, somewhere between one and a hundred and i think chaz you use the analogy of like driving a car so if your risk score is say 75 and you're driving in the highway at 75 and something bad happens the chances of maybe maybe some injuries or or uh, somebody getting hurt are relatively a lot much higher than if you were going 25. so we take a look at that kind of with our modern technology take a look at the risk score there make sure it's make sure it's in line what what folks are as investors and then look at win loss ratios and you know how the portfolio is going to hold up in certain climates like you know even today or the pandemic or what it looks like in the good times mm -hmm. yeah I, I agree with that i think uh the one thought that came to mind as you were saying that was uh, a rising tide, not a roll tide, but a rising <laughs> tide uh, lifts all ships. And so, as you were saying, Jeremy, you know, back in the 90s, even really the first part of this, you know, after um, 2008 and nine, the last 10 years have really been pretty good in the market. And just being a passive investor, investing in some of the ETFs and some of the, um, again, more passive strategies that don't really have a professional manager at the helm. There isn't a whole lot of uh, insight. Maybe it's just more so of a computer-generated mathematical model that might just pick the largest 500 companies in the United States. It's been easy to have double-digit stellar performance, but when the level of the tide comes out, you know, comes back in and, and um, you know, you, you don't have that just that that big wave that's lifting you up it becomes a stock pickers market and i think that's where you can really fumble you know the ball is continuing to own everything which generally uh, passive investment strategies normally do it's just you own all the stocks you know in that particular index and so particularly in our in our focus with being on retirees people over the age of 55 we don't want to own everything right now we want to be very selective and upgrade your portfolio maybe from some of those flyers or maybe even some of the smaller and medium-sized stocks that may not pay a dividend uh, but may be more of a future sort of um i, I use the analogy a, a, a flyer maybe so uh, where you know you're looking for some really big returns in the future we want to start bringing some of those uh, stocks that maybe are undervalued right now. You can pick them up for uh, a sale, essentially, and, and add some of those stocks you've been wanting to own for a long time into your portfolio and, and upgrade the quality of the of the portfolio as well. Yeah, I think, in, especially in times like these where we've seen over the last you know couple of months uh, since the pandemic and with the rising interest rates, that's when folks kind of come to come to folks like us for a little bit of advice and a little bit of help with their portfolio. And I know, Chaz, that you have a, um, a class at Bowling Green Levis Commons where you're getting 
uh, quite a bit of people coming in to look at uh, maybe some help in their portfolio. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we definitely do, and that's one of the things we really pride ourselves on at America's Retirement Headquarters is the educational component. Mm-hmm. The program, the workshop, rather, that Jeremy's referring to um, is Retirement Today, and it's really part of a broader curriculum of workshops that we offer. I know Jeremy's one of the educators. He does a baby boomers and a social security optimization. Uh, Scott Kirshner does Medicare 101. We've got a lot of other programs that are available. But yeah, particularly with retirement today, uh, we point out the fact that there are some significant challenges that retirees today are facing. And one of the, the whole program is about control, taking back control of your retirement. And one of the topics that we really focus on is uh, the technology component, which we refer to uh, using it, whether it is to properly assess your risk uh, metrics and your risk, your risk tolerance, or just the ability for us to not time the market, but to add in a mathematical, uh, methodical sort of systematic approach to determining if it's a good time to buy, sell, or hold. We refer to those strategies as more tactical. So to compare just being an ETF, more of a passive strategy, you're in all the ups and the downs. If we identify that hey, for you, it makes sense. You don't need to be in all the ups and the downs right now. Um, You need to be a little bit more conservative or at least protect yourself from falling out of bed, essentially. And I'll even ask that question to clients or prospective clients, you know, what have you done to protect against the 2008, the 2009, another great recession or another market pullback? Oftentimes, it's kind of a deer in the headlights look where people have been in through that experience. They know how painful it was, yet they've taken no action whatsoever to protect themselves from it for, again. And so upgrading um, would involve actually adding some technology that we can offer where we monitor the market's moving averages and try to give you an idea of whether it's a good time to sell or hold or buy. Especially with having... Uh, what you mentioned is a good time to buy. Any any sort of decline in the market like we've seen over the last few months definitely has buying opportunities. And a lot of our clients, we put on, quite frankly, put in the sidelines, you know, last October, recognizing something was going to happen. I mean, we obviously couldn't predict the pandemic, couldn't predict interest rate hikes and things like that. But having a portion of your money in cash is good for not only emergencies, but also opportunities that Mm -hmm. may result. I mean, there's, I was watching, uh, there's definitely opportunities to buy. Chaz mentioned technology. Technology's been hit quite hard lately. But, you know, when you look at something like, uh, looking at my phone right now, a company like Apple. Apple most likely not going to be going out of business just because their stock prices hit hard doesn't mean it's time to pull the plug. It might be time to maybe double up or add some Apple to your portfolio if you don't have it. Mm-hmm. It certainly makes sense when you save things like that. But I think if you are in the moment, if you're caught up in it, if you see, you know, just all that red, you see the, the market ticking down, it, it's it's hard to be objective about it because you just think about the fact that that is your money, being able to actually look at these and see them as opportunities rather than times to panic and sell, sell, sell. It is all about switching that mindset from the accumulation phase, which hopefully, as the guys have said here, you know, since 2008, the market's been rolling along up until you know, the past couple months or so. Uh, and we certainly hope that you've done a good job out there, you know, accumulating and, and, and uh, you know, 
planning ahead for your retirement. But as you get closer and closer to retirement, it is time to maybe switch that mindset a little bit, switch to, to a more defensive mindset, going back to the football analogy, as Chaz said earlier in the show. You know, when you're in the fourth quarter, if you've got a substantial lead, you don't necessarily want to keep your starters out there, your heavy hitters out there, run the risk of injury or, or causing further problems down the line. Uh, you want to maybe switch to a more defensive formation, get into that victory formation. And now it's time to protect what you already have and make sure that it goes a distance for you. That's part of the plan that you get at America's Retirement Headquarters. And it's real easy to get in touch and start developing that plan, start de- developing that defensive mindset, uh, being able to protect it and, and make your retirement go the distance. 419-794-3030. That is the phone number, 419 794 3030 online at America's Retirement Headquarters.com. If you go to the website, actually, and you click on the events tab there, you can see uh, some of the classes, some of the events they've got coming up. They mentioned the ones going on at BGSU at Levis Commons. A couple coming up in September, September 13th and September 14th, uh, Retirement Today, Prosperity in a Period of Decline. You can find more information about that, including how to go ahead and, and register for that. Go ahead and reserve your seat for those classes if you've got the time. They'd love to have you out there. That is at America's Retirement Headquarters.com. So, guys, the debate continues over whether or not we are in a recession. You know, it doesn't seem like it when the market's heading back up. Employment is is pretty good and gas and grocery prices, thankfully, starting to come down. But investment manager Kathy Wood gave her take on Bloomberg News. We believe we're in a recession. Two consecutive quarters of real GDP declines is the beginning of that definition. Three consecutive months of declines in leading indicators would suggest the same. I think our point of view is that this is going to be a severe inventory recession. And while most economists are saying, oh, okay, the inverted yield curve points to a recession maybe next year, we believe will be coming out of it next year. Now, I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but uh, Wikipedia actually had to lock the entry uh, on recession a couple of weeks ago because it had been changed somewhere in the realm of a couple hundred times over over 48 hours. So, wow. oh, you know, the definition seems to change based on who you're asking. Whether we are in a recession or not, it's the number one fear among retirees, running out of money. That has been consistent. So what are you doing with your clients right now to address that fear? That's a good uh, a good topic of discussion because it, it has been heavily debated, and uh, I'm part of a peer review group that we you know kick around uh, thoughts and uh, ideas and just try to see if we can get a consensus with other financial advisors in the country. And most that I've talked to um, are are kind of in the camp that yes, we you know we are if you look at the textbook definition, we have seen two consecutive. Uh, quarters of gross domestic product of negative GDP growth, which by definition is recession. But I think if I were to be honest, the recession really is, it can be along a a continuum of uh, severity. And most of the advisors, as well as myself, feel as though that we're going to be more on the the less severe side. Um, I think most people are uh, kind of comparing to the 1970s when we had uh, explosive inflation and very high gas prices, we're not likely to see another severe beat down, if you will, that we saw in the 70s. And primarily one thing, uh, the reason I would say is because uh, unemployment, unemployment is historically at one of the lowest levels that it's ever been. I think the last number I looked at was about only three and a half percent. Now, some people might say, well, they're not reporting all of the unemployment, but I don't know if you guys recognize when you go out to eat or almost anywhere you look, any business, there's a a, a help wanted sign out 
in the front window. Mm-hmm. So I find it very difficult to um, believe that we're going to go into a severe recession. Um, not exactly sure what she means by inventory recession, but uh, I find it hard to believe that we're going to enter a significant recession when, you know, majority when most companies need help with some sort of, uh, you know, employment and, and things like that. So that's one take on it. Sure. Um, you know, and another uh, aspect would be with inflation and, um, you know, the housing market. The housing market is starting to cool off a little bit. Um, and so that that is a little bit concerning in that, you know, if the housing market does continue to cool and there's a, a, a slowdown of, of homes being purchased, could result in a slowdown of, you know, uh, all of the items that go into purchasing in a house, whether it's appliances or services, that could also slow the economy a bit. So that's definitely something that we're looking at. And um, with with interest rates, we did see the uh, death cross, if you will, where, um, you know, the 10-year the and the two-year treasury prices are, or, or interest rates are inverted. And that does sometimes tend to signal a recessionary period of time. However, bond prices are actually becoming attractive again, in my opinion, you know, that's rising interest rates is not actually such a bad thing for retirees right now. Now for um, borrowers, it, it absolutely, you know, doesn't help you at all. But for retirees, if you're looking for, you know, fixed interest rates to lock in, kind of batten down the hatches a little bit, I think revisiting uh, a bond portfolio or a bond ladder where you, you know, have got each rung of the ladder is maybe a year or two of maturity. And as one of those rungs comes due, you kind of replace it with another, a, a, a longer term rung, if you will, getting interest rates, you know, in the three to 4% these days, at least we're keeping up with inflation. So you can kind of weather the storm a bit with uh, with a recession if we do hit one. Right. And regardless of whether or not the definition of recession, it is what it is. I mean, what what we have the big gauge that we we use is the stock market, obviously, being being that we do financial planning and working with retirees and looking at those folks and kind of what we do. And I I don't mean to. Well, I guess I do mean to stress through proper planning, you can eliminate <laughs> some of these obstacles. Mm-hmm. You know, when we look at again longevity inflation and taxes um the gauge that we have is the stock market i know the s p's kind of floating around that 200 day moving average it's almost there not quite there um but what we could look at is you know if if your fear is truly running out of money look at how much you have how much you can spend look at your lifestyle look at you know do i have the proper things in place do i have a year or two of income in a fixed bucket do i have money that i'm able to give my myself a pay raise because inflation i think is going to be around for a little while mm-hmm. what regardless of what the stock market does i mean if your if your portfolio is going up or down that's gonna definitely be a factor on how much you can spend mm-hmm. running out of money is is a concern for some folks um especially if you're on a fixed income and again, I, I would just say do go through some proper planning, go through some proper 
planning channels. Look at a safe withdrawal rate. I know Chaz mentioned earlier he doesn't like rule of thumb, but the rule of thumb definitely isn't to spend over the safe withdrawal no, rate. No, no, no. Yeah. I mean, you have to sort of live live within your means and then, you know, take a look at, you know, whether or not you can afford to maintain your lifestyle. Yeah. One of the things, too, I think the biggest takeaway that I would give to somebody listening today is when it comes to a recession, we have to we have to remember that it is usually a pretty long period of time. I mean, if we look at past history before we come out of it, if we look at um, going back to 1999, 1998, 1999 and 2000, which was the tech wreck, you know, the Y2K phenomenon, the market was down, you know, 9 percent. Uh, then it was down again, uh, 11, then it was down 22%. So it was a, you know, 43% downturn over the course of three years before we turned the corner. And then we had a great rise back up and then 2008 hit. And what most people don't know is that in 2008, they put that downturn, that recession in a microcosm of 2008, but it really started back in October of 2007, where for 18 months straight, the market just went straight down before it, it turned in March of 2009. And then sometimes you do have these uh, flash crashes like where um, in 2020 for COVID, we were simultaneously in a bear market in a bull market at the same time technically because mm -hmm. the market was so volatile so you just really have to you know during times when we've like this month in july when we've gotten this reprieve when the markets come up nicely it's a great time to come in and reevaluate your your financial plan and do what's called as a stress test a uh, stress test of your portfolio involves using, again, some technology that Jeremy referred to, the risk allies, as well as our financial planning software. And we do what's called as a Monte Carlo simulation. Now, Monte Carlo, I think that term is usually synonymous with gambling. Sure. But really, it was back in the 40s when uh, Albert Einstein and all of the world leaders met in Monte Carlo to kind of simulate what the possibility of a nuclear bomb would look like, what could possibly happen. And so, you know, the, the casinos have adopted that technology to say what happens if everybody in the casino hits on the same day, how much cash do we need to have? Mm. We actually can use that same technology to estimate the randomness of possibilities of what happens if we hit another recession precisely when you retire, if it happens later in retirement or not at all, if you have you, you experience great returns in the market. And that analysis, although it's just simply a computer-generated simulation of what could happen, still, I think, gives us some ideas of some opportunities to plan, you know, where maybe it does make sense at this point, since the, the market has come up, that we put in place some circuit breaker technology or some protections that if we do have a serious recession in the next year or so that uh, Kathy is saying, that we would uh, will help protect you. So I think that's the biggest takeaway. Just know that it is a longer term sort of uh, experience, generally speaking, uh, if we do go into recession. So better to have it planned for now and f for the uh, for the contingency that if we do go into it, we've assessed all of the options and we're prepared for it. Right. Those same Monte Carlo simulations and the risk program 
has now been updated to include what would happen if the pandemic were to happen again. Mm -hmm. It goes back to, you know, 2008, 2009. What happens if interest rates keep going yeah. up? What happens if interest rates go down? It takes a look at, like Chaz said, a myriad of different scenarios. And, it, and the best thing we can use as a guide is history. History doesn't always repeat itself, but that's all we can use as a guide and kind of put the put the chips in your favor more often than not. That's, you know, all we can do as financial planners is take a look at, you know, what do you have? What, what would you like to accomplish? What's the likelihood of success? And, you know, what are some what are some steps we can take today to increase your odds of being successful? Mm -hmm. And that's some of the things that we look at with our different technology packages and with our the workshops. Isn't it what they say, Chris? History doesn't repeat itself, but it certainly does rhyme. Absolutely, it does. And, and yeah. you know, you want to make sure that you don't find yourself subject to the, the same sort of things over again. We talked earlier in the show about, you know, upgrading your retirement plan. And, and that is important because nothing should be set in stone. You know, when you when you retire or when you set out to retire, uh, that plan should should grow with you along with you as long as whatever may come down the line, whatever factors there are in place. It's the same sort of thing. You know, these simulations that uh, that uh, Jeremy and Chaz are talking about being able to upgrade them and, and update them to take into account things like if another pandemic were to occur, that certainly wasn't something that was really, I think, addressed, you know, in 2019 prior to prior to the start of COVID. Uh, you want to have your plan updated periodically. You want to know. And we're not here to debate whether or not we are in a recession right now, quote unquote. But mm -hmm. I think people out there are feeling the effects. They've seen the market take a downturn. And especially if you've just retired or you are in that retirement red zone, it's probably made you take a little bit of pause and say, am I going to have to unretire? Am I doing the right thing right now? Because as as we were mentioning earlier in the show, you know, we are compounding losses if we're withdrawing already and the market's taking a downturn. Here's the truth of it. Over the course of your retirement, whether we're in one right now or not, probably going to see a recession over the course of your retirement. Yeah. I don't, don't want to be, you know, doom and gloom about that. That's just the natural order of things. And to, to build onto that, as I say, we don't want to be doom and gloom, probably going to see more than one. So how are you set up? Mm -hmm. Again, we can't control when that's going to happen. We can control how we are set up to respond to that. And that is where proper planning, like you get with the team at America's Retirement Headquarters, really comes into play. So have that stress test run. See where you stand right now. See what could happen if the market were to take a, a full-on dive uh, like we've seen before. Uh, and what would that do to your retirement prospects? And, you know, now that we're in a slightly better territory, being able to make those changes to prevent possibly catastrophic things from happening. All starts with that phone yeah. call, 419 794 3030, or you can go online to America's Retirement Headquarters.com. Don't forget on the events tab there at America's Retirement Headquarters information about the upcoming classes they've got uh, coming up, uh, two, including two of them at uh, BGSU at Levis Commons on the 13th and 14th. To get more information about those, including how to reserve your seat, America's Retirement Headquarters.com. Earlier in the show, we talked about the importance of having guaranteed income to cover your monthly expenses and how that can uh, help you address that concern about outliving your money if you know that your day-to-day -day expenses are, are taken care of. And, you know, we talk about annuities being a way to secure that guaranteed income in your retirement plan. Uh, but I know that there's a lot of a lot of uh, propaganda, I guess is a good way to put it, uh, and sometimes not for the positive, about annuities. So uh, people that are trying to wrap their heads around this tool may want to know the ins and outs, the pros and cons. As fiduciaries, you guys obviously are going to talk about what works in the client's best interest. But let's let's take that on right now and talk about some of the pros and cons when it comes to annuities and, and your, your two cents on them. I think, I think uh, you know, just to kind of 
talk about uh, another tool we have at our disposal. We have a YouTube channel, mm-hmm. America's Retirement Headquarters YouTube channel, and I, there's a lot of uh, videos that explain and talk about some of the different tools of investing. Uh, again, America's Retirement Headquarters YouTube channel. If you Googled annuities, I would assume you would get a bunch of negative information and probably some different positive information as well. It's a Annuities is kind of a, I, I don't want to say a bad word, but depending on who you ask, some people hate annuities, some mm-hmm. people love annuities, and there's, again, some somewhere in between. My two cents is that annuities from a financial planning standpoint are, in my opinion, a good thing because what they can provide is guaranteed income for as long as you live. Uh, An annuity is a contract between the investor and insurance company. Uh, Structured properly, an annuity can, like I mentioned, provide income that you can't outlive. You know, I, I talk about this ad nauseum, but our job is to protect you, to protect your assets uh, for your lifetime, so longevity, again. And giving you an income you can't outlive is very important. Um, annuities can also provide guarantee against stock market loss, again, structured pro- properly. Fixed index annuities, whatever your deposit is, your, your deposit is safe and guaranteed against investment loss. That, in my opinion, is obviously a good thing as well. If the stock market goes down and you're guaranteed against loss contractually, I think that could be a good thing. It's funny that we bring up the annuities too because one of the sections in the workshop that I talk about is the truth about annuities. And I have uh, a video of Jack Nicholas' character in um, uh, A Few Good Men where he says, you can't handle the truth because trying to get trying to find out the uh, ins and outs of annuities and the truth about them is probably a lot more difficult than trying to get the truth out, truth out of Jack Nicholas in that, <laughs> in that scene. But, um, you know, I, I think Jeremy's spot on there. Annuities get a bad rap like anything else. There's nefarious uh, players in every industry, in, in every walk of life. And sometimes uh, certain investment products are sold to the wrong people. But more so, I think the reason why annuities in general get such a bad rap is because of the variable type. Um, Typically, the variable annuities are the ones that are the more complex because they have features of both the stock market where, you know, you're in all of the ups and all the downs similar to the stock market, but then you have... um, mortality and expense, um, you know, features that, that, uh, or costs that are associated with protecting in, in some cases, if the market goes down and you pass away, your beneficiaries get put back, uh, what, um, what you had originally invested or your premium. Then you also have the living benefits and the living benefits are just that they're not death benefits, but they protect you in the instance that if you outlive your money, you've got an income guarantee that will not ever run out, even if the account value goes to zero. So a lot of times folks might hear, let's say, for instance, a living benefit would say, you know, Chris, for the rest of your life, you could take 5% out of this account for, you know, forever. Mm -hmm. And people hear, oh, I'm I'm guaranteed 5%. But then the market goes down and they're 
you know, like, well, I thought you said I was guaranteed 5%. No, your income's guaranteed. So it's, it's just very complex um, investments. Uh, they are very uh, useful investment tools. And for the right reasons and the right people and the right circumstances, I think they can be a tremendous, uh, tremendously powerful investment vehicle. But you have to talk with the professionals to make sure you fully understand all of the ins and all of the outs uh, of those type of investments. The other uh, reason we like annuities in general is because they have features of both, like Jeremy said, income, and then they also have features of growth. So each annuity whether it's variable, fixed, or you know a combination of the two, what we refer to as fixed indexed annuity, mm-hmm. have two phases. And essentially, the first phase is when you're accumulating money. It's like anything else. You're saving into this investment account, and it's growing based on you know, whatever um, option you chose, whether it was a fully variable annuity, then it's based on the market's ups and downs. If it's fixed, it's a rate of return that's guaranteed. You usually can't lose, but it might be a little lower. But then at a certain period of time, it becomes time to start pulling out of these investments, and that's the distribution phase. And so, you know, we can look at an annuity while you're accumulating wealth as a vehicle that will protect and provide you kind of that tether to the mountain, if you will. Uh, In the workshop, I show two examples, somebody climbing a mountain freehand and somebody climbing the mountain with the proper tethering so that they control how far they're willing to fall. And a fixed or a fixed indexed annuity gives you the ability to protect how far and and to determine how far you're willing to fall, if at all any, on that particular part of money. Whereas some other variable investments or clients that don't have any protections built in are kind of climbing the mountain freehand. You know, you get to the top a lot faster, but where else can you get to the real fast too? Mm -hmm. Get to the bottom. Yeah. Right. So I, I would also, if, if anybody out there in listener land has, has an annuity that might be a couple years old. I know Chaz used the analogy of a car being like an investment vehicle. I also use this analogy with folks that have annuities that might be, I don't know, five, six, seven years old. If you drove a 2015 car and you looked at what you had, bells and whistles in there, you might have a CD player still in that car. (laughs) Guilty as charged. Yeah. Um, And now you look at like a 2022 you're probably not going to have a CD player. Mm-hmm. You, you have satellite radio. You might have, you know, GPS, all that stuff that wasn't available. The same thing is true with any investment products, and annuities being one of them. A 2015 annuity might have bells and whistles that worked for you back in 2015, mm-hmm. but your time and circumstances have changed since then. So it might be a good idea to have a look at what you had. Does it still make sense, and are there better products out there for you? There might be an there might be a living benefit that you didn't even know existed, just like we didn't know GPS existed. Yeah. I don't know if 2015 we didn't know, but let's say 2000, <laughs> sure, I'm sure. Absolutely. You know. So there might be some different, you know, depending on your different circumstances, there might be some better better applications for mm-hmm. annuities. So if you have an old annuity, maybe uh, give us a call and we can take a look at it for you. Yeah, that's a great point, Jeremy. I'll just add on to that, too, the fact that 
working with the advisors at America's Retirement Headquarters uh, holds us legally obligated to act in your best interest mm -hmm. because we register as fiduciaries. So regardless of whatever the transaction or the question or the investment strategy might be, working with one of the advisors here is we, we choose to register that way on purpose. Uh, you know, most people might say, well, isn't every financial advisor legally obligated to act in my best interest? And the answer is actually no. Less than about 30% of the advisors in the country actually choose to register the way that we do. So if you have an investment in annuity you don't understand, we'll give you the answer that's honest and that is um, based on your particular circumstances and it and it uh, puts you in the best possible situation. And not only that, but we have to document how we got to that recommendation. So different than just saying, hey, we've got a, a better solution. We look at cost. We'll look at what benefits are you giving up, that living writer, uh, what benefits are you getting in exchange, um, you know, what are the advantages and disadvantages, and it's all spelled out on the, uh, on the analysis that we provide you, so you can take that, take it to the other advisor, do what you want with it, but that's our obligation as fiduciaries to you, regardless if it's stock market or annuities or any investment strategy uh, you have. And you actually just reminded me, uh, Chaz, you know, this past weekend, uh, I watched the, um, the Cincinnati Open, the, the, the tennis tournament that was going on in Cincinnati. And in two consecutive commercial breaks, I'm not going to name the companies, but there was one uh, financial group on there who is notorious for hating annuities. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the very next one was, was another financial firm who was all pro-annuity, pro-annuity, they're the best thing ever. Both of those companies, by the way, they claim to be fiduciaries. But it's something interesting to, to say it because I don't know if you can necessarily say you're acting in the client's best interest, if you are automatically ruling out a possibility, which, which mm -hmm. could work for a client on the same token, I don't know if you are uh, acting in the client's best interest, if you're trying to put everybody in there. Chaz made that distinction. The team at America's retirement headquarters, they are registered as fiduciaries. They are legally obligated to act in the client's best interest. They have to document it. So if it is something they recommend for you, and again, that may not necessarily be the case. It may just mm -hmm. be something that they say, you know what? you're in a good position. You don't necessarily need the strategy, but on the other side of the token, you know, if, if they recommend something to you, they, they do think, you know, it is to the letter of the law, what they believe to be uh, going to work in your best interest. Ultimately, mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it's up to you, but having that conversation to see if it could be a valuable part, not the entirety, a valuable part of your retirement strategy, even if you have one already, like uh, Jeremy said, you know, if you have an older one, take a look at it now and, and maybe see if there's new new features out there that could really uh, improve the overall quality. Look at your first cell phone versus your cell phones now to continue that. You know, I guarantee you it, right. it, it's much, much different. Pick up the phone, give a call, schedule a time to speak with them and see how these, these strategies could work for you to, like we talked about, take on that fear that so many retirees have outliving their money. 419-794-3030 is how you get started. Once again, that's 419-794-3030, or you can always find them online, americasretirementheadquarters.com. Don't forget YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can check out previous editions of the show, including this one uh, coming up uh, starting uh, next Monday because we have come to the end of another edition of America's Retirement Headquarters. I hope you guys have a great week ahead of you. Hope you have a safe week ahead of you. Uh, Jeremy and Chaz, thanks for joining me this week. And uh, as we wrap up, I want to leave you with the final word. Yeah. Um just want to say thanks a lot. Had a great time on the show today, and everybody enjoy the rest of their summer. I think, you know, we talked about football, and I know I, I was a hockey coach, and I know the, a lot of these kids want to make the NHL, NFL, and I usually tell them if there was one path that you knew would go, everybody would do it. 
I think same thing would be held true with retirement. If there was one simple way, everybody would be doing it, but it's unique to everybody's situation. America's Retirement Headquarters is located at 1700 Woodlands Drive in Maumee, Ohio. You can reach them by calling 419-794-3030 or online at americasretirementheadquarters.com. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. Investments can fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Nolan Baker is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal or tax advice. Please consult with your attorney, accountant, and or tax advisor for advice concerning your particular circumstance. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through Nolan Baker, Ohio Insurance License Number 27787.